This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 9, and I'm back! Yay! Yay. <laughs> Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm, I'm Howard. And I'm Dave. Yes, today we have special guest star Dave Farland slash David Wolverton slash David Farland slash Dave Wolverton. Stop slashing me. <laughs> a very special guest star because um, Dan and I and our producer Jordo were all three in his class <laughs> at, at BYU um, five years ago. That's right. mm-hmm. And now Dan and I are both published full-time writers, and so Dave... Probably told us he claims all the credit for it too. I raised them from puppies. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to spend three podcasts here listening to the wisdom of Dave because he really does know an awful lot about this. Um, This podcast we're going to talk about romance, how to write romantic fiction. So dear, yeah, (laughs) Howard's specialty. All right, Howard, (laughs) we're going to start with you. (laughs) Uh, How do I write romance? Yes. Um, Would you try to be truthful? to the way life really is like, or do you try to give people what they feel like they want to see with romance? Or do you walk a line between... I got, an, I got an email from a guy a while back who said, I'm sorry, I have to stop reading your comic because I cannot for one more minute believe in a world in which a woman who has had her sights set on one man would, would suddenly change her mind and pursue another man instead. I, I just said, oh, sorry to have lost you. I try and write... Like I remember dating being, which is okay. So you try miserable, brutal, which is you being left for people who go exactly. after other guys. Okay. Exactly. Wait a minute. In your comic, didn't she leave the tall, strong um, leader of the crew for the kind of shorter, a um, little bit overweight, the bald guy? Bald scientist with glasses. She did, and I get accused of Mary suing that a lot. I assure you, that's not the case. Dan, romance, romance. Um, well, you know, writing horror. I, I, I try to always kick my characters in the teeth as much as possible. And so I think a lot of romance is wish fulfillment and should be a little unrealistic because I think actual romance in most cases is a little unrealistic. So it can often be, you know, oh, I can't believe this is working. And then, oh, of course, it didn't work out in the end because this is a horror book. <laughs> Dave. Okay. How do you approach romance in your books? First thing that I worry about is characterization. I always mm. look at my characters, and my goal is to oh, make sure. the Give audience real feel answer. in love with that character. Okay. In other words, it doesn't work unless you fall in love with the, the, the person. So, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were watching a movie, and I went upstairs and started going to bed, and she said, you know, aren't you going to stay and watch this? And I said, you know, I don't really like that lady, and I don't care if she dies alone. uh, What show was this? uh, It was the news. You know, I can't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was it was some romance movie that just wasn't working because the the lady was just such a loudmouth and and so so into herself that it Mm. it it just didn't work. So I I look at that. But as far as um, you know, I agree with Dan. Uh, Romance shouldn't necessarily be realistic, at least when you're dealing with you know the feelings of the the women characters i mean you know a lot of what this is about there are those guys you know the rare guys that you know put your name up on the screen at the football game you know and ask to marry you or or come up with some you know and nowadays it's becoming far more common for kids to say man i gotta get into this date what are we gonna do um so yeah uh i i work at trying to fulfill i think a woman's fantasy of what the romance should be like 
Um, uh, when I was writing my very first two books, the ones that never got published and never should be published, I had a lot of trouble um, writing the female protagonists. I think I may have mm -hmm. talked about this in the podcast mm -hmm. before. The reason being is I later realized I was putting characters into the book simply to fill the role of romantic interest. Mm. Um, and I think this would have been a recipe for failure if I'd been doing it both either with guys or with girls, whatever. But with mm -hmm. me, being a guy, I was putting the women in to be there to be fallen in love with. Um, and it was terrible. It was dreadful. Mm -hmm. The characters were really really flat characters um, and I think that for me I what Dave said is very important here make them characters first um, mm -hmm. if the reader likes both of them a whole lot there will be a natural desire for them to, to get together mm -hmm. um, in fact you've already got something working for you by giving a viewpoint to one character and a viewpoint to another character simply because of the viewpoint characters readers are going to want them to get together and if mm -hmm. you don't screw it up it'll probably be okay. It's not going to be the best romance, but it's going to be okay if they like both of them. Yeah. Um, but what makes romance work in books? What makes it, when you read the book or you read the story or reading the comic, that just makes you say, wow, I love this story. What makes, we're, we're wanting to tell compelling stories. What makes it compelling? It, it comes back, it always comes back down to identifying with the characters and either you know, ag agreeing with the point of view they've adopted mm -hmm. or disagreeing it, but understanding why you disagree with it. You know, mm -hmm. it feels it feels like it makes sense. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like the yeah. plot is driving it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like these people have to fall in love because, well, he's the male whose viewpoint we're getting and she's the female <laughs> whose viewpoint okay. we're getting. And see, that's, that's taking it to the more than just making it, not screwing it up. How do yeah. you do it well rather yeah. than just not screw it up? You have to have something that drives the two apart, you know, at, at some point, whether it's, you know, family matters or religious differences or, um, you know, feeling like we're not of the same social class or something. There has to be something to tear them apart, but there also has to be, generally speaking, some other attraction, you know, a, a woman who has, um, who has two or three options, you know, mm. or, especially okay. if she's trying to settle between two guys, you know, okay. there's that. The classic love triangle. The classic love triangle. You know, it, it's a lot like trying to plot a mystery. If there's only one obvious suspect, no one's going to care about That's how right. your mystery yeah. ends. And a love story is the same way. Well, yes, but I'm going to successful, which character A walks on stage, and everyone's, and then character B walks on, and they say, oh, I want them to fall in love with that, this person. That's, that is, that is that's part of true. the fantasy, too. Yeah. You know, the thing of, I, I want to recognize immediately when I fall in love so that I don't have to go through all of that, you know, Although, you know beating your head. And, to, you know. to say what, what's good, for, but, I mean, to give a thumbs up to Dan, in a mystery, we know what we want to happen. We want the mystery to get solved. Mm -hmm. And the bumps along the way are, oh, no, they're not going to solve it. And the same way a romantic plot is, we know we want these two to hook to up together. Oh, no, they're doing what we don't want them to. Conflict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This week's episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Rocket Fuel, R-O-K-I-T, Fuel. Everyone experiences writer's block from time to time. Has your writer's block ever been caused by serious cravings for something delicious and nutritious? Enter Rocket Fuel. As the world's first sports cereal, Rocket Fuel offers four unique blends of whole grains, nuts, seeds, and berries that will give you just the boost you're looking for. Whether you're seeking energy to pen your latest novel or taking a break and heading out on your mountain bike, Rocket Fuel has just what you need. Visit the site and see the benefits for yourself at rocketfuel.com. That's R-O-K-I-T fuel.com. Here's to your help. Very often there's a question of identity, too. You mm -hmm. know, 
if you've got a young man, for example, and a woman is falling in love with him, you know, and the father is saying, don't marry him, you know, he's from a bad family, you know, all those McCoys yeah. are jerks, you know, we've been, we've been shooting them for 100 years. Um, <laughs> and she says, you know, yes, father, but it's time for us Hatfields to end this war. You know, there's, there's that question of who this character really is on the inside, which has to be discovered through, mm -hmm. the, you know, through the ongoing plot. And I think that as authors, you know, very often we just want to make them characters for each other to fall in love with. Yeah. And we don't really take the time to have the fun with the character and start discovering who this guy is really and what's, he, what's his internal landscape. What's, what's he like when you get to really know him deep down? And that's when you should fall in love with him. You know? Well, I, I would further add to that. Um, watching those characters become better than they were at the beginning yes. is what's going to make you fall in love with them. It's, it's, when that, it's when that guy makes that decision, or the girl, that makes the decision that I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to yeah. be mm -hmm. different from what I was or well, from what other people have pegged me as. gets back to what we've, we've mentioned a lot, which is tying the conflicts together. Not mm -hmm. just having, it's not just the romance, it's the internal development of the character tied to the romance, hopefully tied some way to the plot or the setting as well, so we get all three working together. Yes. Um, as, you know, complain as you will about this person, but uh, Terry Goodkind actually did a really good job of this in Wizard's First Rule, where he mm -hmm. tied the romance between the main characters to the uh, magic system. And it was the magic that was keeping them apart. And when they figured out how to make the magic work in the right way, it all kind of came together in a climax, which removed the barriers between love. It was a fantastic um, climax to a book. Um, everything came together really well for that because of how tied together they were. I'll take it one step further. Mm -hmm. Tie together your plot, your setting, your characters, and your theme. Yeah. Okay. Tie them all together in, in one little bundle, and that's when it really pulls off, I think. Um, can, of, yeah. can of worms. What, what's a theme? <laughs> can of worms. We'll that theme later. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. That's that's for another. I haven't, that's I another haven't podcast. been in one of Dave's. <laughs> I haven't been in one of Dave's classes before. <laughs> well, we can't have you on the podcast. Take <laughs> <laughs> his mic away. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, I've said it before. Uh, stories are about promises and fulfilling those promises, mm -hmm. sometimes in unexpected ways. I think this works for for romance too. Um, Different types of romantic plots can be the he sees her, she sees him, we know they're um, bound to be together, that's a promise, we're going to fulfill it. You don't actually have to have them end up together, um, mm -hmm. but if you're going to fulfill that promise in a different way, it better be, just like the mystery, it better be fulfilled in a way that, that is, oh, I didn't see that coming, but this is way better. Um, and a lot, some romantic comedies manage to pull this off, give you the big majestic some, some red herring. Some of them do, and it's very hard, I think, yeah. because it's so common that at this point you can yeah. look at the underdog that she obviously will never end up right. with and go, well, naturally. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's, but it can be done. Can be done. Um, while, you're, while you were sleeping, actually, I think, is, is a classic example I, of the I, bait and yeah. switch. Mm -hmm. I'll agree um, with that. And the, the promise is fulfilled in a way that says, wow, this is better off. Um, so what's the difference between a romantic story and a romance? Is there a difference? Oh, yeah. Fabio's okay. on the cover. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> the, <laughs> well, the glistening shirtless man on the cover yeah. is is appearing in a romance. You mean Jordo? <laughs> yeah, dear. We've just that is one of the most horrifying things. things. <laughs> um, the when I think of a romantic story, uh, I love the works of uh, Lois Master Bajol. Okay. Because she weaves the romances into the science fiction. What's setting. the difference? 
between that and a romance? Uh, the difference is that I care about the characters and the plot okay. instead of just you know the 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 action, the, the crisis. The crisis goes beyond their you know their their personal lives, their their romance. Okay. Anything else on this? I would say that you know every every story um, aims at generating an emotion. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to write, say, fantasy, then that emotion is typically going to be wonder. Mm -hmm. And so that might take a little bit of precedence over the romance angle. A romance uh, story is a story that aims primarily at arousing yeah. romantic feelings. And therefore, yeah. maybe the setting um, isn't as important or a magic system is completely you know, unneeded because that's not what we're doing here. Um, okay, last question. Do you approach writing female and males differently in romantic situations, and how do you approach this differently without um, getting us killed by our female listeners? Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean I do it well. Okay, what do um, you try to do then? Boy, what, what I have learned is that, uh, first of all, I'm just not very good at writing from a female perspective. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it, it goes right back to what you said at the beginning, um, that if the girl is only in there so she can fall in love with the hero, it's going to be obvious. And mm -hmm. the way to write the girl so that she works is to just really let her be the star of her own story. Yeah. Make her a full-fledged character who may or may not end up with this guy and has all of her own concerns and her own things going on. And if then that works, then hooray. Would you say that women worry more about relationships than guys do or not? No. no, I think guys do as mm -hmm. well, just in very different ways. Okay, how do, how do they do it differently? Oh, <laughs> now, now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Anyone want to answer that? Is no. there a different approach to doing this for males and females? I think there is. I think um, if, if I'm dealing with a female character uh, and I'm, I'm working at building a romance, uh -huh. I tend to um, have her maybe fantasize about the relationship think about it a little bit more than the men do. Men do. Um, and and be, I think that I probably do that because, you know, as a, as a male, uh, you're often taught to um, just sort of wing it. And, uh, <laughs> no, you are. Yeah. And, yeah. and you are, you know, and you're, you're on a date and you're winging it half the time. And, uh, and very often when I was out on dates, I would find that the women had been plotting you know, for days or weeks, you know, as to what we were going to do. And, and you better darn well fulfill my fantasies or live up to them <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a conflict you can write right there. You know, she's mm -hmm. got a fantasy about how the date's going to go, and uh -huh. he's winging it. And, and for the men in the audience, yeah, it looks like he's doing pretty well. <laughs> the women in the audience, oh, no. Oh, no we yeah. ordered this thing into the mountain, you know, um, yeah, 20 but... minutes ago. Well, one thing that I do do, I, I mentioned before we started the podcast that I just wrote a romantic chapter of my book today. And one of the tricks that I use, maybe this is reading too much of my own life into it, is I really make the guys a little more oblivious um, about the whole thing. That they will, you know, kind of pine after a girl without really taking any steps in that direction. They think they're not good enough, or they think that she probably already has a boyfriend anyway, because she's obviously pretty, so obviously. Mm -hmm. And things like that, that I think are more in line with, with how guys in my experience tend to think about women. Yeah. 
not just pretty. If they're talented mm -hmm. and smart, yeah. they're, they're also intimidating. And Absolutely. You, you, put, you put the whole package together and, you know, women are downright terrifying. I think if there's anything I would... <laughs> That's a great note to end that. <laughs> if there's anything to say, that would be it. But, you know, I was going to say, the whole process is terrifying, generally to all parties involved. Um, and mm -hmm. that's something to remember. They, there are very few people who actually think they are good at this. There are a lot of people who act like they think that they're good at this. Very few who actually believe it. Yeah. Um, and write, write it that way. It, it, it comes out better. People stumble through these things. It never works out the way you expect it to. Um, and that's good for writing because it'll keep the conflict moving. All right. Um, any final words? Be terrified. All right. We'll be back next week. This has been Writing Excuses. Writer. Writing okay, your character, your, your main character walks into a room and sees three people that uh, he or she could end up with. And, and you don't know which one it will be at this point. Okay. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.